1: Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. It is risk off this morning. Uh, Stock's on track for the first three-day loss since mid-September. As daily global COVID cases hit a new record, Europe introduces new lockdowns, hospitalizations in this country near a two-month high, and stimulus hopes remain thin. Jobless claims go the wrong direction, up 53K. Our roadmap begins with stimulus hopes fading as the treasury secretary talks to CNBC moments ago.
2: Plus, uh, shares of Morgan Stanley are slightly lower, it would appear, ahead of the open. The bank did top revenue estimates by a billion on what was stronger than expected trading revenues. And EV price war, Elon Musk cutting the cost of Tesla's models, Model S for a second time in one week, Carl. Mm. (laughs) Uh,
1: Meantime, uh, guys, got to take stock of this uh, sell-off here in the pre-market, Jim. Uh, General take this morning is that the market's now catching up to what we know has been a problem in Europe uh, and these lockdown restrictions and The U.K. and France are getting more serious dollar strengthening, some believe, because the situation here is at least better than Europe on a relative basis.
3: Well, I think we're importing their negativity. Uh, I don't think that it's necessarily going to last, but you uh, certainly can't make any moves to the positive until about 11 o'clock when you start seeing their markets uh, uh, peter out. Now, it's one thing. Uh, it's very frightening when you read what's going on there because it's it's so obvious that it's a second wave and it seems uh, more viral. I don't know whether that's just uh, whether that's true or not, but the number of cases are are certainly daunting. But I want to warn people that if you follow what they're doing and you sell our stocks because of what's happening right now in France, that's going to prove to be uh, something that you might regret. Uh, I, I was negative going into the bank period because they never ever do what people want. Uh, they always seem to disappoint. And, and, David, it's gotten to the point now where even the good ones, where Morgan we where Goldman Sachs, which beat by, I don't know, 80 percent, ignored. And now today we're working about uh, the Madrid COVID and Paris COVID. Doesn't make sense to me. David, I'm at odds with it. You're at odds with the fact that what? I'm sorry, that
2: the market should be responding differently to the yes. rising cases or in Europe? Our,
3: yes. I mean, we are not Europe.
2: Right. Now, but we we're still running 55,000 a day. At least that was the number yesterday. I haven't looked at what that was two days ago,
3: yesterday's number. I haven't looked at today's, Jim, but we're look, not it's exactly. Not, uh, no, doing but well. cons- it's, I mean, unfortunately, it's terribly consistent. It's not, uh, it, and people will talk to you about death rate. Very interesting articles these days as we start no- talking about COVID long, that there's something else besides the death rate that we should worry about. But what I'm saying is, is uh, that if you look ballers. at the fundamentals. Yeah. Look at that Goldman quarter. Study Morgan Stanley.
2: Strong quarter. Morgan Stanley, uh, Morgan Stanley which we will get to it, also. Uh, Wells 15% Fargo and return City were common equity Say again? Wells Fargo and City were N- not good. No. Uh, J.P. Morgan was
3: fine. But was right. fine. to your
2: point, all the banks go down.
3: Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, Goldman Sachs, you, know, you speak to Steve Scherer. I mean, he's CFO. the CFO. He, 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 it's a rather remarkable quarter. And I think what people call, one of the things that people have to recognize is the amount of, the amount of business that is being done With Zoom is incredible. Uh, No face-to-face, just Zoom-to-Zoom, and it's working. It's not supposed to. But the expense structure is, uh, for a lot of places, is better simply because people don't go anywhere.
1: I I do want to get to that Bernstein call on Zoom later, Jim. Uh, They go to 611 on their target. They were way below where it is right now. But Zoom minutes year-on-year, it shouldn't be surprising, but it's still astounding, up 30x. Uh, I mean that's a reflection of, of our daily lives of course what's happened over the last 8 months
3: look zoom is uh, a remarkable company uh, there were there was competition look ring central's competition webex cisco competition they they didn't work because Zoom is business to business and business to consumer. That's highly unusual. Eric Yuan is an amazing executive. He's an exuberant individual. He is—he's a uh, 24/7 soul who He's a 24-7 uh, soul who is thinking every minute about how to Zoom, make Zoom into something even bigger. How about this? How about what he did with DocuSign? You watch Zoom and you can sign a deal. How smart was that? I believe he's going to start getting, we'll, we'll start seeing things that make it so that Zoom can be worldwide translation like you have with Google. Uh, it's a remarkable product, and it's working. Now, is this uh, is this Fastly, a company that underperformed after being uh, hyped up $20 by, by, by I, I don't know, forces uh, uh, that are unknown? No, this is a company that it's very hard to value, 50 times sales. Be- it's very hard to value because the sales Which, it, wait, are exponential. Wait, wait, Zoom is hard to value, or fast. Let, let's talk about Fastly
2: for a moment, because you've used it as a reflection of speculative excess Roth, to a certain extent. Roth. And to the presence, of course, w- which we welcome, of, of the new traders in this market, right. individuals using the Robinhood platform and others, by the way, the yeah, E-Trade platform, too, got all, now a part of a Morgan metaphor, Stanley. Darn it. Um, yesterday, uh, they report, of course, that uh, their, number, their revenue numbers are not quite going to be where they were uh, assumed to be, because right. it would seem they don't name TikTok. But no, we can make couldn't. the assumption that yeah. it is right. Well, TikTok is the largest customer. Uh, uh, Fastly's platform usage of Fastly's platform by its previously disclosed largest customer did not meet expectations. Right,
3: and that was a pre-announcement where a lot of people who are not in this business say, "What's the difference? they are going to do seventy-four million, uh, and now they're in, and going to do seventy-one. What's the difference?" Well, David, when you're valued like that, you have to do eighty-one to please people. As opposed to Goldman Sachs, right. who can't of course, can't, always got to be a
2: So does this does this I think this that's reverberate causes. in the broader market? I think that's even though more important it's not that what's that going on in, in
3: Milan and Paris. I think there are people who are reassessing right now what happened. How did these stocks get to these levels? And David, you and I both have found it quizzical. The SoftBank calls. You've mentioned them multiple times. Yeah,
2: the whale. Of course, uh, he calls it Rajiv. Misra, Who runs the vision, calls it uh, barely a dolphin. But yeah the soft bank Whale well in terms of buying
3: well, uh, those it, calls. Well, Carl, there are some stocks. Uh, will you go over them? I, I'm working on this Fiverr now. I, I mean, I don't want to play my hand yet because this is the Fiverr. This is the freelance people who come in and they help you with your website. You know, this thing is valued too high. I, I, I don't know how to value. Can't I do not know how to value Zoom. And I do not know how to value uh, hmm. Snowflake. Snowflake. Other than the fact that, wow, are they good companies. What do you do? Carl, there are times where Microsoft, in, ni- in, the ni- in 1987, Microsoft was like, wow, I mean, I think this company's going to be really big. Intel, <laughs> when they dropped DRAMs and switched to the 86 processor, went to an astronomical PE. But it was right. You have to grow into the PEs. I think that Eric Yuan is going to grow into the Zoom PE. I would, I, but I don't want to, for my travel trust, I wouldn't buy it. It's it's too high.
1: Yeah. No, that's what makes some of these early cycle stories, Jim, so difficult is the the multiple by by very nature uh, is elevated relative to history. And it takes time for the business to fill that gap. I am curious, though, if you're convinced that what's happening in Europe is not going to replicate itself here. Why the, the fresh highs on Zoom today? Why a fresh high on Peloton for the second day in a row today? That'd well, be there event. is.
3: Yes. I mean, that is the second wave. But Peloton, obviously, you, they need a new factory. They can't meet it. Uh, Zoom is a recognition that we're not going back. So whoever who doesn't have Zoom, I mean, there's a lot of people. Uh, we there are, there's really two parts of this country, the parts of the country that needs a stimulus. And then the other parts of the company who say, you know what, I'm going to put Zoom in my, in my country house. I'm not, not going to just put Zoom in my house. Uh, there's people who are buying homes at a level that are extraordinary in this country. So, I mean, there's housing's doing well. Autos have now turned around. Uh, so there's a lot of good. And the, but those people are doing it remotely. And people are doing remotely, I, I find, I mean, David, I, how often, when, you, when an executive wants to talk with you, like for our show, yes. and you're trying to get background, how often do they send you a link now versus picking up
2: the phone? It, it happens. Uh, people want to, actually, it's funny, conversations that would have ordinarily just taken place over the phone, so to speak. Right. Now people want to see you. Uh, I don't want to
3: see anybody, so you know? I,
2: I just do the audio anyway.
3: Yeah. You do? Yeah. I always do the Zoom when asked. Do to you really? Visit. I love it. You love it, yeah. I think it's fantastic. Carl, I Zoom
2: everybody. I, I, I just, listen, I don't know. The way things have evolved, it used to be <laughs> you just picked a phone up and called somebody as a reporter and you either got them or didn't. Now you've got to make a point. Everybody texts you, are you available? Could you possibly talk at this point? <laughs> everybody wants to make an appointment to talk and then it's just Well, that's ridiculous. because we, we
3: did this thing. We used to go now they to send you was was links. lunch. Let's, I'll we send you a link we lunch. can talk. Well, I, had a, I had a work dinner last night. I had a good time. Um, it was, it was good. It was social distance. Uh, there was nobody around me. Uh, it was ice cold. It was everything I want. That's what I want, Carl. Um, no one near me. That's what
1: we all want, Jim.
3: Yeah. I know. I don't want that aerosol spray uh, cough coming in my direction. Nick Saban. Yeah. See, when um, you read Nick Saban, of, when you read is, that Nick Saban got it, Carl, don't you say to yourself, hmm, hmm, I mean, anybody. Nick
1: Saban, uh, the athletic director, Greg Byrne. Uh, LSU Florida has been delayed. Schefter's got a fresh tweet, Jim. I don't know if you've seen it, but the Falcons, according to Adam, uh, closing their facility. No. Uh, so, no. I mean, and just this no, week. No, Adam and just I have week, Gage. this week, Trump. We have Gage. Dustin Johnson, Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, this thing is, it's impossible to trap.
3: It is, and every day the NFL changes when it's going to have a game. I'm surprised that Amazon said when they're going to have it. They should say, listen, we're going to have an excess game that's played on a Tuesday. The right. NFL, they, they can I can't believe Schefter games. had that. And, you know, we were talking about, uh, we, were to, well, see, we, we went back and forth today, but it was mostly about how uh, Christian Kirk's a good, uh, good matchup against the Jaguars. But I don't, I don't
2: all know. of this doesn't add up to necessarily another lockdown
3: coming here in the United States, Jim. That's not happening. No, it's not. And that's what matters. I think, Carl, what people are, are missing is that there will be no lockdown. And, and anyone like Phil Murphy, so this is a, Phil Murphy was not talking about a lockdown. Florida, uh, this 60, is an interesting 000, point. Look, I just got the, I just got the right to be able to go to an Eagles game yesterday. Seven thousand people have the right to cough on each other. And, and, you know, that's what people are doing.
1: They're opening up. Yeah. Tom Lee's got a, a piece out this morning, Jim, talking about uh, how hard it is to contain. He does say that he thinks three hundred and fifty cases per million acts as a governor. Because at that point, policymakers panic, in his words. Citizens start ma- masking up, and case caseloads per capita come down. But el- elasticity on this thing is not infinite, Jim, among policymakers.
4: No. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt. Or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help.
3: Uh, look, I mean, it gets science fiction like as it kind of gets out of control. And all you really want to do is get it last. And you want Regeneron. You want a couple you want to take two Regeneron and go back. And the uh, that's a reference to the president calling Len fabulous company uh, like it's a pill. Regeneron's got to give us more. Uh, we got to get that Johnson Johnson that, you know, Carl, to me, all that you mentioned versus if we hear that the J&J issue is solved. Remember, J&J is capable of doing a billion. Okay, they're capable of doing a billion vials. So we have to get that J&J study on on track. The Eli Lilly is capable of doing. uh, You're talking about two different things
2: here where you're going to confuse people. One, again, is an antiviral that you take if you've got it. The other the J&J is a vaccine. No, I know. But you shorthand things and sometimes people need to, you know. The J&J is the vaccine, right. and obviously the manufacturing for the vaccines continues in the hope that they will be approved at some point in the not-too-distant future, and then you'll have a available supply immediately to start getting out to people.
0: You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, The ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with P. a leading global asset manager.
2: Right, and It's obviously Pfizer, Moderna, J&J, you know, there's others. I mean, we could have a number of vaccines available, but... Between now and then, Jim, the question is, as it gets colder, and as we see case counts rising, both in Europe and in the United States, what will be the response, if any? Or, or are people just going to continue to pull back from economic activity, or are we done? Is everybody just like, you we're know not what? Done. I'll you put my mask on, done. but I'm going
3: to go about my business. We're not done. I mean, colleges and people are coming home. Thanksgiving will be a bit of a frightening time when they come home. But here's something interesting about the NFL. Do you know that, that uh, almost none of these cases, Carl, are symptomatic? They're almost... 100% asymptomatic, which means that people feel bad for a couple of days, but they just don't. They they they're having a hard time taking it seriously because they're not really sick. The rest of us get sick. Those people are supermen. But it's really hurting the NFL that these people do not show any signs of COVID, and that's what's going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Falcons. Guys, a lot to get to this morning. We'll get to Morgan Stanley as uh, David mentions UAL. Uh, McMillan McMillan from Walmart talking about Black Friday, stimulus uh, and TikTok even. And we'll talk more about Facebook and Twitter as uh, they apologize in some ways for their restrictions of content regarding that New York Post Hunter Biden story. Futures a week. We're back in a minute. New York Times with a story last night by Kay Kelly and Mark Mazzetti talking about the day that Larry Kudlow came on our air, February 25, and said that the COVID pandemic was Not contained airtight, but pretty close to airtight, as the Times now says that they were uh, the administration was giving private briefings to some investors and people affiliated with the Hoover Institution that, in fact, it was not perhaps airtight. All this leads back to an interview that Jim had with David Tepper from Appaloosa at the Super Bowl on Feb 1. Take a listen.
3: We're trying to back-engineer it ourselves right now, so I think that's what you've got to do, is try to figure it out. certainly ruined uh, the, the environment and the setup right now, yeah, so it's what, brand new. So. And what's important, I know that you, you talked to Joe, it a good time, but this is a game-changer, isn't it, was a, it, you ha, it? You have to be careful, because it may be a game-changer, so you just got to be cautious. And two weeks ago, you, before the virus, it was one thing, yeah. and it's a different environment right now, so yeah. that's what it is. Uh,
1: Jim, on Twitter, you called the article strange.
3: Yes. Well, okay, because there's some implications in the article. One of them is is that somehow Tepper might be in the inner circle with the president. I don't think you can be that because uh, on May fifteenth of two thousand eighteen, he called the president the father of lies, and he used an interesting term. He called him a demented narcissistic scumbag. Now, that's usually not something that makes it so that you're close to the president. So it made it did sound like it's like he's getting the call. The narcissistic. I used that term once. I'm not going to use it a second time. But I get in trouble sometimes when I use these terms. But I recognize that uh, that he gets a lot of emails, whatever. But the reason why he felt compelled to say what he said to me was, you know what? I was on CNBC not long ago with talking to Joe, and I was very bullish. And since I read this Lancet article we had both read at the same time, I feel compelled to tell the CNBC audience that I am not as bullish as I was when I was talking to Joe. Somehow this thing has become that there's this vast conspiracy of hedge fund managers who talk to Larry and get the inner, get the skinny, and it's completely untrue. It's, it, it, David Tepper, I don't know, did he get emails from Hoover? I don't know. But the idea that he was going to have some sort of tie. David, do you think the president likes those kinds? Of, how about when the president, when he said that he gave, that Tepper said that the president gave not one dime to 9-11 or to Superstorm Sandy. These are, don't endear him to the president.
2: No, I don't believe Mr. Tepper is a supporter of the president and the idea that somehow he would be uh, alerted to information that, w- that was available to them. By the way, why? I mean, Larry Kudlow, you're going to listen. A la- I mean, let's be honest. How many times has he come on our show endlessly he was on and yesterday. said something? He was on yesterday. That the opposite of which is actually true. How many times, Jim? I know he's an old friend, I, he's I, an old, old friend. colleague. I, 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 you know, I he's happen to be
3: very fond of him. People want me to trash him. That's what they have want. won. They've wanted. I just, my they point want is they're, that they're if you're a hedge fired, fund manager or
2: you're anybody, I'm not necessarily cons- s- s- sure that you're going to be listening to him and believe that whatever is being told to you is actually going to happen or be true mm-hmm. at that moment in time. You have to uh, take the it. same way he was saying that it was all contained.
3: And he, then he said it again or a week later
2: when we challenged him on it. But
3: he works you know. for president and who listens to every word. They have dinner a, a, a great deal uh, together. I have said over and over again, it was my partner for four years. I, I, th- it's called loyalty. Now, does that yeah. make? I mean, as long as you disclose I, I'd, it,
2: I'd rather I'd rather spend time talking about Morgan Stanley's earnings in this story. That's for sure, Carl. So hopefully, we'll get I think to that. you soon. eviscerated me. Who? Me? You? Yeah. My, guys, me.
1: to me, to, to my mind, I mean, David Tepper can take care of itself. It's what yeah. Kudlow said to our viewers, uh, who don't have that kind of intelligence uh, that right. is troublesome, Jim. I know he's that's your friend. Troublesome. Yeah. That's uh, we'll troublesome. That's what a break I didn't here. want. Uh, futures. Futures are weak. We'll take a break. We'll be back in a minute.
2: Yes, we are standing. Look at that. I mean, we're far apart. Yeah, you couldn't spit and hit me. I know. If I do this, do you start? Well, <laughs> get the heck away from me. I was, thought we might even Mask wear masks, going. but it kind of at least reminds me of back yeah, when we we're back at the exchange. It is your mad dash.
3: You yes. want to talk a little Walgreens? So let's get well, to okay, it. Okay. So one of the, one of my theses is is the quarters of action have actually been pretty good. Take away Wells Fargo and take away City. We've had some really good quarters. change and Jay was really good quarter. United Health was good. Yep. David Walgreens was good. Walgreens—it's almost inconceivable because the Death Star just goes after Walgreens. Death Star being um, Amazon. Amazon—they made the number. I mean, four point seven percent comps. They beat the—they beat the revenues. They Actually, Dollar had a top line that went up two point three percent. growth in the health and wellness category. David Walgreens has a has a pulse. A good example of what I'm... Dow stock, by the way. I don't know how it snuck into the Dow. That was crazy.
2: I don't know how long that'll keep up. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah the performance has been horrible. There'd been some talk. Yeah. I remember some time back David, about could he, show could you he take the, it private? Stefano Pacino.
3: <laughs> Jesus, there's one of those dog things. We're like dog, you know, like electricity. David, look at that. Yeah. That's one of the worst charts in the book. Yeah, it's horrible. And I think that this, the company's stock is going to go higher today.
2: Can they maintain it? I mean, it has been a long hard road That's for them. That's a really hard question. Because uh, and obviously AM, they've gone a very different uh, strategy than has CVS,
3: which right. is now a health insurer uh, in addition well, to mean, the Well, I mean, I'll give you an example. It was Amazon Prime Day yesterday, right? So I ordered these unbelievably cool toothbrushes. Okay. Well, I would have gone to Walgreens for them. Right. But no! They come to my house. I don't have to touch anybody. The keypad, we know from a study, the keypad is the dirtiest thing that you can touch. I don't want the keypad. Everyone's faced with that. But you think it goes higher, at least today and maybe yeah, for a while. Yeah, it can go higher. It's got a good dividend. It's not, They're not incompetent. Boy, that's a real... There's, there's Buy Walgreens. Confidence. They're not in, as incompetent as they used to be. Now, there's a recommendation. This is actually not a bad shot. It's kind
2: of weird, but it's not bad. No, I think it's great. Yeah. As I long know. as you stay away from me, not I'm sure. happy with it. Yeah, and when right. I
3: said that you eviscerated me, I was joking around so people yeah, don't had get nothing, mad. Had nothing it is hard for me to criticize Larry Kudlow, but he has been wrong. He's too optimistic, and he has been too optimistic times. But remember, that's sometimes the way leaders are. And okay. he reflects the leader that is President Trump. we got an opening bell
2: just a few minutes away. Stay with us and Squawk in the Street.
1: Futures a week, but uh, plenty of other uh, elements to watch as we take stock of some of the risk regarding COVID in Europe and some argue in the United States. Jim, it's not just futures. Ten year back to 70 basis points. Uh, German boons, lowest yield since March Uh, and uh, high yield as closing in on the 200 day once again. So a lot of elements of risk.
2: Jim. You got your you got you listening. You hear is, it? Is this? What? Is this what? what
1: happens, David, when you guys move around? Yeah,
2: I think he <laughs> nobody turned on his uh, nobody turned on his IFB, Carl. And I was preparing for uh, for a favor report here as we get ready for an opening bell. Of course, as you point out now, he's now I think, yeah, we're getting we're getting Jim set up, Carl. Um, I'm right open and ready for business. All right, uh, Carl, <laughs> we're going to send it back to you now while we get ourselves technically straightened out here. Uh, get the opening bell and then we'll be ready to roll
1: all right uh, you guys do that in the meantime we'll get uh, ready for the opening bell in about 20 seconds here as we said watching elements of covid morgan stanley uh very nice beat and some uh interesting comments from gorman on the call which we'll get to in a moment Uh, investment bank up 11 wealth management up 38 uh, alcoa united the other big stories and uh jim assuming you can hear me at this point uh, doug mcmillan on with becky this morning talking about TikTok, stimulus black friday And the degree to which uh, some towns are beginning to do some bulk purchasing once again, at least those that are seeing some uh, elevated covid cases as breath is obviously weak here.
2: Yeah, Carl, we're still getting uh, we're still getting Jim ready to go. Walmart was interesting. We're keeping an eye on that stock, of course, as well. Uh, Funny, you know, didn't say much about TikTok, uh, did he, Carl? You know, it's a name that we spoke about so often for so many days there. And then really nothing. He just talked about it sort of in broader terms in terms of the in terms of the benefit of the platform, but didn't have much to offer there uh, beyond that. But coming back to sort of the idea, Jim, of stimulus and where he stands on that. It's so over. Right.
3: What do you mean? Stimulus. Yeah. Yeah. It does seem to me, even be. that 300 billion, Carl, I mean, the 300 billion would go pretty far because we know what part of the economy is really hurting. We can target. This is no longer one of these where we just have to give it to everybody. Just give the 300 billion, which was already allocated to the people who need it. It's just really it's stupid at this point. And it's painful. It's really painful. There's hey, Carl, I've got to tell you. Those are people who are just going to have tougher and tougher times because we're still not traveling to any we're going to be talking about United, and we're absolutely not going out to dinner when it comes to to cold weather soon. It's just going to be too cold. And the indoors, there's just not enough tables. So this is something that's going to really have a big fall off in employment in four weeks. Let's get ready for it.
1: All right, Uh, Jim, uh, two things on your point. One is the New York Times has a story this morning about the number of people in poverty in this country uh, grew by 8 million since May uh, as a result of the CARES Act uh, essentially expiring. And I don't know if you noticed, we never mentioned this. Last week, Goldman had some research on the average temperature at which demand for outdoor dining collapses. <laughs> yeah. And Goldman's view is that it's somewhere in the high 40s, which I think is essentially when you start to see your breath. Uh, but, I mean, without gas heaters, those who can't get those, Jim, and I know this was an issue at your business, that's going to be very difficult.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, we just felt forget it. We just felt forget it. Can't do it. And what's going to happen is, is that all those areas that everybody set up that look so great, look like Vienna. No, i going to be gone because it doesn't matter. The heaters just don't have enough capacity. Uh, and we just feel like, you know what, uh, Department of Transportation is against you. Uh, the health department's going to be against you. It's just a fool's errand. And the only restaurants that really are going to have the room uh, are the chains. They can afford to be able to have no, very few people and get, get to when the vaccines happens. These, this money, David, this money should be given with one contingency. Until we have a vaccine, you're protected. That's what it should be done. If I were down there, I would knock these heads until we all agree that as long as there's no vaccine, they're protected. The moment they get the vaccine, they're on around. Right. What do you think?
2: Sure. Although, again, back to when you get approval of a vaccine, doesn't mean that that vaccine is going to suddenly be well, administered okay. to May 7 billion people on the planet.
3: Okay. Well, I know, but the first has to be the United States. Yes. I'm not being a jingoistic guy. No. Uh, but, Carl, when we discuss it, uh, I discussed with a very big ma- uh, chain yesterday. About when they're going to stop, and it's going to be three weeks. You can't, you can't serve and expect that no one's going to show. No, you can't. And 45 degrees is pretty cold. See your breath. To sit outside and eat. No, nobody wants to do that.
2: I think that. we're going to try that this weekend. I'll tell you how it goes. But we'll have a giant fire next to us.
3: What, at a restaurant? No, in the Backyard. I was going to say, like a yeah. giant fire at a restaurant doesn't. No, that doesn't work. Idea. I mean, in New York, you can. We all got the fire pit, on fire, Carl. You know? We bought the fire pit. It's really That's terrific. Cool. We put more, we have marshmallows. Take care of two problems at once, guys. Um, uh,
2: uh, we didn't get to Morgan Stanley, so let's quickly do it now. I mean, Jim, we re- mentioned it briefly at the at the open of the show. Uh, return on common equity, fifteen percent. Net revenues up sixteen percent. We've talked so much about as well this company, uh, this uh, Morgan Stanley, the changing complexion of its business. I mean, it's been for quite some time, of course, since they bought what they didn't already own of, uh, of the Smith Barney uh, brokerage. But it has changed even more dramatically with the closing of the transaction to acquire E-Trade, whose business, by the way, has gone up significantly since the pandemic, given the addition of so many new accounts there. Right. Uh, and then the announcement last week that they're also going to buy asset Eaton Vance uh, their earnings—it's—it's it's a very different picture. That said, they still are trading stocks and giving advice, but and, a- and in the capital markets, and actually had quite a, f- a strong quarter sales in trading. Yes,
3: market. they did. Now, some people feel that those assets call leave the building at the end of the day. It, it's been very sticky for Morgan Stanley. Gorman has really done a great job. And remember what he's doing—he's taking the e-trade people, and he's exposing them to all sorts of good research to be able to understand better what they do. Uh, how to be able to execute trades. He's also got a lot of people in Silicon Valley. Uh, They're 401ks. He's been after that. He is trying to make this into a company that is uh, has blackrock block like uh, P.E. And nobody cares. One day they will
1: care. Uh, it's. On the call today, Jim, uh, he a couple things. He says we're overcapitalized. That's the bottom line. Says that wealth management is the strongest he's seen in the 14 years he's been there. And when he was asked about the shares down pre-market, he said the market can be really stupid.
3: Wow. <laughs> yeah. We talk a lot about that when I speak wow. to Mr. Gorman about whether the market's right or whether the market's yeah. wrong. And the market's wrong about Morgan Stanley. It may be. And it's, be, but and it's it wrong mean, about Goldman Sachs. It,
2: relative to its peers, it's done quite well. It's flat for the year. Its stock's can be up a buck um, Goldman for, Sachs, which we've always put up as its key competitor, even though, frankly, now one is $20 billion larger in terms of market cap. Now, obviously, they closed the E-Trade deal, that added market cap. But uh, Goldman's down about 8 9% for the year. But then you get to the big banks, and there's just been no let-up, guys, uh, after None. this week of earnings. Bank of America showing a little sign of life, but it's, it's, it's been... Pretty bad. And by the way, I look at Wells Fargo for a while. It was inhabiting at least the $100 billion club in terms of its market value. It's now below that. It's back to $94 billion, stocked down 57% uh, for the year. Listen to CFO Shrewsbury on uh, Closing Bell yesterday, Jim. I don't know if you had a chance to catch that. Of course I did. Yeah, what would you think?
3: Downbeat. Downbeat. The market's not stupid. You didn't say that. (laughs) No. Look, here's the big problem with Wells. Okay. Uh, y- you listen to the quarter. You listen to Shrewsburg. You decide what to do. And then they fire, at the end of the day, another 100 people. I mean, did you see that? That outrageous thing? I mean, why wasn't that on the conference call? I mean, they're like, oh, let's go fire 100 people. I mean, what is going on there? Now you have very, but you have a very high opinion of Charlie Shiller. I do, but geez, what kind of company did he have? 100 workers, uh, they, they abused the USAID. I mean, what is going on? What is the culture there? And how long has it really been like this? This was the best bank in America. I thought I was wrong.
2: Um. Well, it is uh, down across the board in banking, except for Morgan Stanley, which is uh, up uh, ever so slightly. Morgan Stanley's not a bank. It's a wealth advisor. It's true. Okay? That's, it's that's, not a bank. That's a good point. There, that's it's, what
3: Gorman wants me to say, it, and we I said it. should probably not include it any longer. in right. that. If Gorman were more, on, right. If Gorman were on our air where he should be, because he's not overexposed, and if this is a great opportunity, I think he could have said that we're no longer so back. Who, 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 who do we compare it to? Uh, UBS? BlackRock? I don't know. Like, what, you BlackRock. Know. I like the BlackRock. Now, he doesn't run these index funds, but no, I, I like the BlackRock. BlackRock's kind of Black got a, tw- a 20 multiple. Let's put him somewhere between BlackRock and Bank of America. Okay. How about that? Sounds good to me. You like that? Sure. Stock will be margin- to be much higher. It's um, guys- not just because Gorman's a nice guy. I'm not like that, David. No, you're not. Scharf's not that nice. <laughs> Larry Kudlow is nice. Nice per share. Carl, there we go. I'm working on a nice per-share index. <laughs> <laughs> I was nasty when I was at a hedge, the hedge fund. Yeah, you I were. I had bad nasty. Yeah. I, you were always nice to me, though. Pretty nice. I, I always liked you.
2: Yeah, you were okay. My you dad got, liked you. you. Never got too mad at me. No. Um, guys, I want to talk Tiffany uh, and actually a, a couple of uh, another, one other situation. Yeah, we'll call it a You're going to talk about Peloton, morning. the lawsuit? No, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk um, about Tiffany because they gave us results this morning. Why? Well, because they wanted a front run LVMH. their would be buyer, uh, which we're going to hear from momentarily in terms of the results from that giant luxury uh, luxury goods uh, company. Uh, But Tiffany's results were only for really where we stand right now for this period, right? Global net sales for a two-month period. They did decline year over year, but operating earnings, Tiffany tells us, were up 25% year over year. 25% is what they say. Now, again, they're still seeing sales declines here in the U.S. Let's keep that in mind. And, by the way, they also will tell us about e-commerce. It is growing quite quickly, but it's growing in part as a percentage of sales because the overall sales number is not as high as it had been. So it wouldn't be quite as high a number in terms of doubling from what it was a year ago at roughly 6% to 13%. Nonetheless, e-commerce is becoming a more important component of their overall business. Why are they telling us all this? Well, the main reason they're telling us all this is because they want it to make it clear that in their opinion, there is no way that there has been a material adverse effect on their business, which is one of the key arguments being made by LVMH as the two sides sue each other in Delaware court. Okay. Um, Their claim at Tiffany is simply, hey, you know what? Uh, all your claims don't matter, right? You say that there was no carve out for a pandemic. You say that you got some letter from the French foreign ministry, which is going to prevent you from closing the deal until after January 6th. Uh, And you say there's a material adverse effect. Here is their counterclaim from Tiffany, which was filed yesterday. Quote, ignoring the actual words in the merger agreement, LVMH's argument is based primarily on the absence of an explicit exclusion for pandemics in the agreement's definition of material adverse effect. LVMH's heavy reliance on the absence of an express express carve out for pandemics, an argument they say is devoid of support in case law, underscores how weak their claim is. But the court need not even reach the various exclusions from the MAE definition for the simple reason Tiffany has not suffered an MAE. That was yesterday. Today, they follow it up with this release, giving us the numbers, which, in their opinion, say very simply, Jim, we are doing better than we did a year ago in terms of our profits. Look
0: at the, the China
3: numbers are incredible. China's fantastic. They're starting to do better in the e-comm. And, you know, look, it's true. You don't expect a lot of e-comm. But I, I have to admit that I'm yeah, I'm impressed. Uh,
2: and the question and the numbers becomes, continue to be good in October. As now, Bernard Arnault has been, I believe, subpoenaed to be deposed on November 20th. Uh, the question becomes, does this present an opportunity for the two sides to finally get something done? Does he really want to be deposed? Does he really want to be put on the stand in Delaware, as would be the case in early January? November 24th, by the way, is when they can walk away ostensibly, but they still have to go to court. And if a judge orders specific performance, they're going to have to buy them at 135 bucks a share. A lot of, uh, you know, ARBs are in this stock, believing that you will get a deal uh, at a far higher price, perhaps even at the 135 number that originally was agreed to because they don't believe that the case merits much uh, in terms of at least LVMH saying there wasn't a carve out for a pandemic, this is an MAE, and we can't do it because of the French but Farm David. You, that said, we don't know what could come from Macron. Maybe he says, he, maybe he'll continue to help his friend Bernard Arnold. He, he no. should
3: focus on, on COVID. David, do you know the lag trade that Matthew Boss came up with? No. Okay, l Yeah. American Eagle Outfitters? Yeah. Gap. All doing better than expected. Right. They're all in the mall. What is the case against Tiffany if it's in the mall? See, we hated the mall for a while. Yeah. Mall's making a comeback. Mall's making a comeback. Yes, it is. Okay.
2: Real quickly, I wanted to get to Navistar. It's another M&A situation we've been covering. Remember, Trayton, the unit of Volkswagen, has wanted to buy that company. They've been back and forth for quite some time. There are large shareholders there in the form of Carl Icahn and Mark Tricheski. Trayton also owns around 16%. They kind of all own the same. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, they hit the market with saying 43 Take it or leave it. You have until 6 o'clock Friday to decide. 6 p.m. Friday. Mm -hmm. You can see what's happened to that stock. It got crushed yesterday. It is down yet again today. There's been some talk about Rucheski and Icon and whether they're butting heads and one would take a deal and the other wouldn't. I'm hearing they may not be as far apart in terms of being on the same page. The question is, with these kinds of personalities, could you really hope to get to the finish line? I'm not sure if Navistar has put anything out this morning in terms of a response. I was told they might. I haven't actually checked. I forgot to do that. Uh, But... This guy, Rucheski, uh, Jim, have you followed him at all? Because through the years, he's just a guy who doesn't like to sell. He doesn't like to sell in Navistar. He didn't like to sell in Lionsgate. Take a look at a five-year Lionsgate and take a look at a five-year Loral. These, again, are two other situations where he was a very significant owner of stock. There were potential deals that were out there that he could have hit the bid on, chose not to. And, man. He just doesn't like to sell, and anybody aligned with him is probably unhappy with that decision. Well, that in both cases, is it would have been wise to have Truck business is turning. Yeah. They, really wants this. Trump. The asset makes sense for them, for v- VW, but they wanted it 43. Many people thought perhaps they'd be willing to go to a higher number in the 40s. Uh, we'll find out tomorrow. Carl, back over to you.
1: All right, guys. As you're talking, uh, the Biden campaign says that uh, two people who've recently traveled with Senator Harris, uh, have tested positive for oh, COVID. Uh, they say Harris was not in close contact, but she is canceling her travel uh, through Sunday, the 18th. Uh, we'll keep our eye on that. In the meantime, all sectors red, led lower by energy. Only one Dow stock is green. That's Walgreens. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Hey, Bob.
5: Tough morning, Uh, 10 to 1 declining to advancing stocks at the open. So there's nothing really working right now, although we're off of the lows. Just take a look at sectors. When you say nothing's working, when you get semiconductors not moving along with the cyclicals like energy and industrials, Banks still not doing anything, even though the bank earnings have been great except for Wells Fargo. Even consumer staples, uh, defensive sectors like healthcare are also not doing much. The reopening stocks all down, but frankly, everything is down. So the reopening stuff, you've got the travel stocks like the airlines are weak. The energy stocks are weak. Uh, materials and steel stocks like Newcore Week, the industrials generally. You get the point here, folks? Nothing's really working uh, today here. Normally, you flee to mega cap. That's the sort of knee-jerk reaction when you don't get great news on on the vaccine or the reopening story. That's not really working as well. Of course, these stocks have held up uh, tremendously. Uh, in the last month and really in the last year. So nothing's working today here. So remember, let's remind ourselves what moves the markets and what the story is right now. So stimulus, let's call it dimming hopes. That's being kind, frankly. But the reopening, fresh restrictions in Europe uh, and in the United States. Vaccine treatment news has been mixed recently. Earnings have been improving, but the bottom line is we're off to a good start uh, on earnings. That's the good news. 41 companies reporting, 8% of the S&P 500 overall right now. Eighty five percent above expectations. Twenty nine percent are the average beat. That is a huge number. So great start to earnings season. Here's the conundrum. I call it the earnings conundrum, even though third quarter and even the fourth quarter numbers are looking good. Large earnings beats may already be priced in. We had a huge run up in the first half of October on all of this news. We've been reporting all of this here. The guidance we're expecting, we're hoping to come from companies I don't think it's going to come. I think the corporations are really constrained by the reopening story, by the vaccine story and the stimulus story. So there's a sort of collar around the market right now on that guidance that you need from the companies. Finally, I just want to note something. A very famed value investor, Ted Aronson, very well known as a quant and investor uh, in uh, value, uh, is closing his shop. Ten billion dollars. It was thirty billion dollars. You know, David, this may be one of those bell ringing moments. Uh, he was very, very respected in the markets, and I don't know if it highlights the bottom of the trade, guys. Uh, but uh, very important here. And you can see, value just has been underperforming growth for years and years. Back to you.
1: All right, Bob. We'll see in a little while. Uh, obviously, yields are a story both here and in Europe. Rick Santelli's got more on that one. On another day of Fed speak, hey, Rick.
6: Absolutely. And Carl, you raise a great point. We could all say that the correlations might not be one to one, but they are there. No matter what sovereign you look at, whether it's in Italy, whether it's boons, whether it's treasuries, they continue to move lower. Alls we're debating is the speed at which it's occurring. Here's a week to date of tens acknowledging we're closed on Monday. And you can see that the drip continues for lower yields. But when you look towards Europe, The drip is much more aggressive, as you see a three-day chart of the boons there. They're at minus 62. That's a seven-month low should they close there. And the distance between our yields and their yields is now at a three-month wide, right around 133 basis points. And if you open the chart up for boons to early March, you can see that seven-month drop-off there. And it may continue as COVID hotspots, of course, multiply in Europe. Uh, their currency is reflecting that. Look at a one week of the euro currency and then open it month to date. We're at the lowest level of the month for the currency. And, of course, this is propelling the dollar index to higher levels. Carl, Jim, David, back to you.
1: All right. Rick, Thank you very much. So uh, we got some broad-based selling across the board. S&P back to about a one-week low as all sectors are red and the VIX back above 28. Take a break here. Be back in a minute.
5: Not everyone's in the same camp. I mean, there are people that are still being at home or spending money on their home and and doing things to redecorate and those kinds of things. But there are other people that are struggling paycheck to paycheck if they have a paycheck. And so many people are unemployed that we're seeing that pressure as well. So it's really a spectrum. You know, it always is. But this moment in time has more separation in it in terms of how people are feeling and behaving than we would normally see.
1: I stuck McMillan of Walmart on Squawk Box earlier this morning, Jim. Uh, one reason, given that view of the consumer, why he thinks getting something together, anything really, regarding stimulus is important and key. Yes. I mean, there are some people who are doing so well
3: and they're not spending that much. And the defaults are much lower than we thought. Their balance sheets were good. They have jobs. This is a great moment because they're really not spending a lot because of the, pan- of the pandemic. And then there are other people who are just hanging on by their fingers and. Don't. It seems like the country doesn't realize that they work at, at stores and restaurants. It, it is so not their fault, and we're supposed to be a compassionate country. And it really is ridiculous that we have leaders who will not provide 300 billion to these people at those jobs, who will not be able to have a. Th- I mean, this is like Bob Cratchit. There will not be a turkey on Thanksgiving for these people. It is just outrageous.
1: I think everybody knows what you mean, Jim. Obviously, uh, we're headed into a difficult period. We'll take a break here. We did get a swoosh lower on the Dow. Session low at the open was down 332. We're off of that. Back after a break.
3: Jim, what's on Mad tonight? Controversial. Sorrento. S-R-N-E. One of those stocks that the Robin Hoodies, who are geniuses and I love them, trade uh, aggressively. Let's watch that. By the way, when when we're 10 to 1, down to up, our late friend Mark Haynes always said, you must buy.
1: That's generally been a pretty good rule, Jim. Uh, We'll see you tonight. Okay. Uh, Mad Money, of course, uh, at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to The Opening Bell on
0: CNBC's Squawk on the Street. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation.